Welcome to the Miss Teacher Mom podcast, where we seek to encourage and equip moms to raise their kids with eternity in mind. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with your friends. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Drew Dick. He's the author of Your Future Self Will Thank You and a couple of other books. We're going to be talking about technology and what it looks like to raise our children in the digital age. I hope that this episode is helpful for you as you seek to steward the technology that God has given us. Drew, thank you so much for coming on the Miss Teacher Mom podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about it. Yes. Today we're talking about technology. In your book, Your Future Self Will Thank You, you dedicated an entire chapter to self-control in a digital age, which I really appreciated. I think most of my friends would agree that technology is addictive. I have regular conversations with friends who consider putting restrictions on their usage and even deleting their social media accounts. Why is technology so addictive? A great question. And I think you're right. It's a huge challenge. And I should say too, it's one that's kind of new to our generation. Like my Mm -hmm. parents, when they were my age, they weren't dealing with the same level of technology. They were not inundated with constant messages from their phones. (laughs) Uh, They they had a TV with maybe three channels, right? So the game has changed. And so I think it's, it's worth just noting that uh, for this generation, it really is a lot tougher and, and a kind of a novel challenge. And the reason I think it's addictive is simply because it's designed to be. You know, for the first time in history, we've got these geniuses armed with, with all kinds of data and millions of dollars, and their whole goal is to get as much of your time and attention as possible. So it's not really a fair fight when you consider, you know, you against uh, this this kind of army of... of um, huge corporations and, and CEOs in Silicon Valley that are trying to steal your time and attention. Now, I'm not someone who's like anti-tech or anything like that. Obviously, there's a, uh, a great place for it. We're using technology right now. I like to be on social media. But if you don't kind of rein in your use of tech, if you don't create some margin in your life, technology will just crowd into all those spaces and it will be, become very difficult to live the kind of life that you want to live. And to have the the sort of relaxed mental state, the the self discipline, the self control, if you allow technology just to run roughshod over your entire life. Yeah, I totally agree. John Piper once said something along the lines of, "Like you say, you don't have time to do these other important things, like being God's word, but on Judgment Day, your phone will condemn you." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yes, just, we have those screen time. I don't know if your phone has it, where it tells you how much time you spent on your phone per day. It's the worst. Yes. It's convicting, but it is helpful as well. Same goes for when people are like, I can't read my Bible. Just don't have time. My my schedule's so busy. And then you're like, well, how much how much Netflix have you been watching? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I do agree. It's a problem that our parents didn't have. I've talked to my husband about it several times about what our kids will remember from their upbringing. And I don't want them to remember parents who are always on their phone. Right. Yes. And and Mom like or dad said, always had a phone in front of their face, right? Exactly. And and it is a fight. I mean, I've given my four-year-old free reign to say, if you're seeking my attention and you feel like I'm on my phone a lot, please just say, hey, mom, put your phone down. And I don't know <laughs> if it's wise to give your kids that kind of power. And obviously, it's expected respectfully, but there have been a couple of times that have been really sweet and needed wake-up times. Like, hey, your kid is trying to get your attention. And 
I think that's um, great. I don't know if I'm brave enough to extend that offer to my children, but I'll consider right. it. Right. <laughs> it's probably a burden she shouldn't have to bear in that sense as well. But I think it's cool though, because I, I'm just saying that because I think they would use it. Uh, they'd probably abuse it. Like, hey, listen, anytime I grab my phone, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> but I think right. it's good. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah. When I was a kid, cartoons and a wall phone were the extent of our digital means of entertainment. Now we have unlimited live stream services. Like you said, we have incredible mm. apps, cell phones, the works, and it's a different world. Thankfully, our toddlers are not on social media yet. But what principles can we be implementing now as we train our children to be good stewards of the technology God has given us? Yeah, great question. And, and yes, thankfully, um, our toddlers are not on social media yet. I have a toddler <laughs> myself. And yet, um, I saw recently Facebook is introducing some new social media app, kind of an Instagram type thing, but specifically for children. And it made me want to tear up my hair. It's like, no, that's not what oh the world needs. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they, they, they may not be on social media right now, but at least for a little bit older kids, it's certainly mm -hmm. coming. And, you know, th this is something I'll just be honest. We're struggling with this right now because uh, especially in the midst of this pandemic, where the kids have to be inside more. We live in the rainy Northwest. So the winter has been a challenge. And this is, the, this is the biggest struggle I would say that we have is trying to rein in the technology, not only with our older children, but even with our youngest, who's two and a half, and she loves Curious George. So yeah, I, I think, you know, it starts with leading by example. And that is, and we've touched on this, but not being the mom or the dad who always has um, your, your phone in front of your face because kids see that. And, you know, what's the expression? P uh, kids uh, don't always do what they say, but they never fail to uh, emulate us, right? So yeah. uh, your, your example is strong there. If you are someone who is absolutely addicted to your phone, to screens at all times, um, then, then your kids are going to, they're going to pick up those patterns. And ultimately right. your, your kids will value what you value. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then again, just being intentional, uh, going into a week and going, okay, how much screen time are my children going to be allowed to have? Cause, cause they may need some. And there's obviously when, um, when it comes to certain learning tools, they can be online. Um, and, and I think that there's a place for that, but, but the smart thing I think is to cap it. And I think that's going to be a little different for everyone. Maybe it's, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's an hour. I don't know, especially for younger children. What the research seems to bear out is that you want to be really, um, careful with the screen time, especially for when they're like zero to three, when their brains are developing, they can have a little more when they're older. Uh, but you want to use it for those rare occasions. And I get it. It's a, the battle's real. Like, honestly, I don't want to pretend we have it all together. Cause some days I'm like, Oh man, they got too much TV today. Like, what can we do? What, you know, let's get them outside the house. If you can, if you've got that backyard and, and you get them out there or it's like, Hey, let's all go to the park. Um, because I think, you know, especially right now, when kids are, are having to spend so much more time indoors, it's a perennial challenge. But if you can get out with them, encourage them to move uh, as much as possible, play with other children, that's huge. And that can cut back on their screen time. Yeah. I, a few helpful principles I feel like I'm hearing you saying is one, to model good, healthy technology use. And secondly, to be intentional with our children that when we're not being intentional, we can just put on the screen whenever we need space or need a moment or when there's a discipline issue or when we want to avoid the hard work of parenting. So part of it, like you said, is in the beginning of the week or even during the day to evaluate and to be intentional about what we're allowing um, regarding their use of technology instead of using it, like you said, as a crutch. 
Absolutely. Another thing I'd add, and this came out of the research in my book, um, I would encourage people to employ what researchers call a bright lines strategy. And what that means is bright lines are just these hard and fast rules that you set up in your life. So they can be things like, um, I'm not going to look at my phone past 8 p.m. Maybe that's, you know, as an adult, that's a rule that you have, right? Um, uh, one thing our family has done um, is we have a no screen Sunday. And that's just what it sounds like, right? On Sundays, uh, the kids aren't going to watch cartoons. Dad's going to be off his phone. I'll be honest, I'm usually the one that breaks it the most. Uh, but when we, when we pull it off, when we actually do it, I'll tell you what, it's a little slice of heaven because we're looking at each other in the eyes. Uh, we're hanging out. We're putting together a puzzle maybe. Um, uh, of course, when we're able, we're going to church um, and just worshiping God and spending that time uh, that we might be looking at screens doing something more productive. Uh, so it's great. And, and the beautiful thing is about a bright line strategy is it actually preserves your willpower because instead of sitting there resisting the temptation to be on screens or have your kids on online, um, you don't have to think about that because you go, oh no, it's Sunday. We don't do that on Sunday or it's after this time, or we don't do that until 10 AM or, you know, whatever it is. And you can actually just kind of rule it out beforehand rather than have to sit there and struggle. Like, should I, or shouldn't I right now? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes um, a lot of sense. I thought that was really helpful when I read that in your book. Yeah, thank you. No, and I, I think that's huge, especially with kids. And, you know, kids kids are rule junkies. They, they really do like, um, you know, I mean, they, they like and hate rules, but that clarity is so important for them. Um, one thing we did during this pandemic because we became overnight homeschoolers, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we decided to kind of forego the whole online uh, school thing. And my wife, Grace, is homeschooling our two big ones while chasing the toddler around. It's quite, quite fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, that was just one of the things that we had to do is, is get intentional about this and, and make a schedule that we hang up in a very visible place in our home. So when the kids are like, hey, I want to watch a cartoon, I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not cartoon, it's math time, right? Or whatever it is, um, or even it's outside playtime. Uh, and it's amazing the, the kind of authority that they give to that schedule and you can kind of defer to it. Um, uh, so that's been something that's just really helped us very practical sort of solution uh, for managing their time during what has been a difficult time. Yeah, no, that is helpful. How old are your older kids? So my son is the oldest. He's nine. Then I have a daughter, Mary, who is six. And then Sophia, she was our little surprise and is an absolute delight. Uh, she is two and a half, almost two and a half. Okay. So with your six and your nine-year-old, have you guys found yourselves needing to start having those conversations about technology and maybe not necessarily the dangers of technology, but being stewards of technology and the, like how it's not super beneficial to use it all the time? Do you guys have any of those types of conversations or is it mostly, like you said, training by example and through structure and rules? We're having that conversation constantly, <laughs> more okay, than I so would like. That like? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, no, because it, it grows out of this, you know, the conflict uh, that inevitably you have when you're trying to limit their technology. Um, you know, why can't we watch a movie today? You know, all that kind of stuff. And and I'm a big believer in yeah, you set the rules, uh, but at the same time, you want to to provide uh, the rationale. Uh, for why you're doing this. You're not just being arbitrarily cruel and saying, I don't want you to have any fun. You got, you can't watch this. Or like for my son, he wants to watch these kind of more uh, violent uh, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. movies that some of his friends are watching at, you know, at school. And we have to kind of go, Hey, listen, 
like, oh, well, my friends are watching these movies. Why can't mm-hmm. I? And we have to kind of back right up to kind of first principles and go, listen, you know, we're, we're believers. Um, we, we look to God for the guidelines uh, as far as what we want you to take in and the kind of man we want you to grow in to be and you know all that kind of stuff and then when it comes to you know the amount of tech use even if it's it's good content even if, if it's veggie tales or something mm-hmm. um i'm explaining to him i'm you know and they probably tune me out but i'm like hey listen i just read this study and it shows that you know if kids are are <laughs> taking in you know three hours of technology a day they're more likely to do uh poorly in school and be less social and and i say listen we, god's giving you this great mind and we want you guys to to grow up not only to be intelligent but to have great character and you know i'm giving them all that and yeah. a lot of it i'm sure is just white noise but no, <laughs> i like I to think, think some think, gets through yes i agree even with my four-year-olds if she wants to use her ipad when friends are over or grandparents are over we just very simply say people matter more than tv Ooh, i like that that's literally like always that. say people matter more than the ipad people matter more than the the a show and yeah, just trying to drive that in that it doesn't mean these things are bad, but people matter more. And so sometimes I when that. I catch myself on my <laughs> phone, I'll say to her, Alina, I'm so sorry. I've been sitting on my phone for 20 minutes. Like you matter more than my phone. And I'm sorry wow. that I was giving attention to that. So I think That's those conversations awesome. are really helpful for them because we are in a generation where you go to dinner and you see everyone on their phone or you're at a gathering or with relatives you haven't seen and everyone's sitting on their phones it's depressing i've yeah i've seen this with um you know we've gone to people's houses and it's not anything against the the family or even mine but mm-hmm. the kids will all hang out they'll go upstairs or something into the rec room into the basement and then i come down there because it's really quiet and there are like five or six kids and every one of them is looking down at a screen yeah. or they're playing a video game mm-hmm. and there's a time and place for that but my goodness that's not what childhood's supposed to be like. When I was that age, we were out like, you know, riding dirt bikes and, and, and wrestling and getting into mischief and whatever else, but at least we were moving and, and kind of experiencing the real world. And so, together too, right? Together, exactly. Yeah. And navigating the relationships and looking at each other. Um, and so I think, here's the thing. I mean, I, I know I'm old school, but we are conducting a grand like society-wide experiment and we don't know how it's going to go. Um, mm-hmm. We may look back on this in 20 years and go, handing our kids screens and giving them unfettered access to the internet, it was almost like handing them cigarettes. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, not for their physical health, but their mental, their social, their spiritual health. So that scares me. Um, right. Maybe that's overly dramatic. I hope I'm wrong. No, but... I don't think it is. And I think <laughs> we'll with see. that, it might be just hearing your example. Another, I guess, piece of advice for moms listening in is, Maybe if you do have some circles of friends who you're hanging out with, maybe agreeing together, like, hey, when we hang out, can we have some of these no tech rules? Mm. Like you said, those, what did you call them again? Oh, like a bright lines. Yeah, that you yeah. kind of have together in your in your bubbles and your communities, so that you know when you're going over with your kids and their kids that they are going to play and they are going to hang out, and there isn't this. Now my kid is sitting here alone because I don't let him have his phone out, but they all have their phones out or whatever. So yes, kind of developing advice. that culture within your friend groups and family, um, I think could be helpful too. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're doing play dates, you got kids together. There's no reason for them to have screens. They love playing. That's a, that's right. a highlight. Yeah. They, they shouldn't need that crutch of technology, certainly in those contexts. 
Yeah, right. Or even I see grandparents who are missing out on time with their grandkids because they're on their phones. And (laughs) it's just sad. And like you said, we don't have any of that recollection from when we were children. And it doesn't mean our grandparents spent every waking moment with us, but they at least didn't have the distraction of like this. Yeah, phones. Yeah, no, totally different reality today. Yeah, it is. Um, Do you have any words of encouragement or warning that you'd like to share with moms in regards to technology and our children? Anything we haven't covered already? Yeah, well, I think I've I've kind of uh, given a little bit of warning or at least some of my fears and apprehensions about the topic. Um, But as far as encouragement, I would say this, um, and we really needed to do this as a family or as parents during this pandemic, especially, and that is cut yourself a little slack. Give yourself a little grace because Mm -hmm. listen, all of us, I I, I shouldn't say that. There's some people that are rock stars in this department. It's like, they're like no tech zones in their house, (laughs) but most of us, let's face it. We've probably given our kids too much screen time. Maybe we haven't done things totally right, or we've spent way too much time on our phones ourselves kind of use that as, as a, an emotional crutch, uh, especially during the pandemic. But here's the thing. It's hard right now. Like it, this is, this has been a tough year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you've lost a lot of the routines that gave you an outlet. Like I know for me, I can't go to my gym anymore. Um, you know, social uh, events have, have been cut out. Um, and so a lot of those kind of natural outlets have been taken away and not that it's an excuse, but often we turn to technology um, uh, because we have those things uh, taken out of our lives. And so I just say, you know, forgive yourself, you know, mm-hmm. chill out, don't wallow in guilt because that actually doesn't improve your behavior. So, you know, cut yourself a little slack and then just go, okay, I want to create some plans some structure that's good, that, that are going to enable me to do a little better going forward. I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up because this is something everyone's dealing with and life has been hard. Yeah. I think that's encouraging. Thank you. Um, As we close, I'd like to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests, which is, do you have any wisdom or encouragement you'd like to share with moms who are seeking to raise their kids with eternity in mind? Oh, yeah. Can be related to anything. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I was joking with my wife. I said, honey, you should be the one who's who's, uh, (laughs) on this podcast uh, being interviewed because she's the real expert. Um, Mm. She is the one who is definitely taking the lead when it comes to certainly homeschooling our kids um, and even raising them because even though I'm at home, I'm in my little uh, uh, office uh, for eight or even 10 hours a day. uh, And she's the one taking the lead. And and here's the thing. This is just what I want to say. I don't know if this is encouraging, hopefully, um, at least somewhat affirming. Uh, my wife has had jobs, professional jobs, um, but raising young children has been the toughest role of her life. It's just the hardest thing. Um, and yet, and we realize this, and sometimes though it's easy to lose sight of it, what you're doing, especially when those kids are in those formative, crucial young years where we know from the psychological literature that that what happens, especially from zero to five, is just absolutely essential. If people understood how important those young years were, um, they would drop everything. They would make sure that those kids had you know, parental involvement and, and, and the right activities and stimulation because they are so, so crucial for the rest of their lives. So what you're doing right now, even though it's hard, even though it can be lonely, will literally pay dividends for their entire lives and out into eternity. We know that as Christians. Because uh, in the old maxim is what you're, what you're born believing, that is what you learn in the early years, you usually die believing. And so if you're inculcating those 
those Christian values and Christian beliefs to your kids at a, at a young age and wetting their appetite for spiritual truth, um, helping them to get to know Jesus, getting them into scripture, um, teaching them the Bible, man, that is going to pay dividends for eternity. Absolutely. So keep at it. It is, it is worth it. Thank you so much. That is such sweet encouragement and a great way to end this episode. Thank you, Drew. Hey, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Friends, I hope that this episode has been encouraging and helpful for you. And be sure to join us next week for the next episode of the Miss Teacher Mom podcast.